Here's what's coming up on your horizon. Well, there's a worldwide nursing shortage and the pandemic isn't helping. Aside from having enough bed space for a surge in COVID-19 patients, having skilled nurses to help them is a critical part of healthcare, and they make up the largest section of the health profession. In what could be seen as a defining moment for the healthcare industry, hospitals around the country are hunkering down, and so are the schools that seek to train nurses and get them to the front lines in battling this virus. Today we speak with our colleague Connie Romans to get a closer look at the industry and how tech centers around the state are addressing this crisis. Stay with us for Career Tech Horizon. Career Tech Horizon is brought to you by the Oklahoma Department of Career and Technology Education. Visit us at poweredbyokcareertech.com to learn more. and thank you for joining us here on Horizon. I'm Rob McClendon. And I'm Blaine Singletary. You know, there's not a facet of life in 2020 that hasn't been affected by the pandemic. And nowhere has it been more so than the healthcare industry. According to the World Health Statistics Report, there are about 29 million nurses and midwives globally, with 3.9 million of those individuals here in the U.S. That may seem like a lot, but it's not enough. Even before healthcare institutions felt the impacts of COVID-19, the nursing situation was dire. According to the American Nurses Association, more registered nurse jobs will be available through 2022 than any other profession in the United States. And those job openings are projected to grow at a faster rate than all other occupations through 2026. To find out why, our own Connie Romans talked to one healthcare professional about the nursing profession, as well as Oklahoma Career Tech's role in addressing this crisis. Hey, Connie. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Always. Now, you've been spending a lot of time on this topic lately. Uh, So what did you find out about this growing problem on the shrinking number of nurses? You know, Blaine, it's kind of like the perfect storm. First of all, the baby boomers, they're getting older. The number of Americans 65 or older will almost double by 2050. As people get older, they tend to have more health problems. To make matters worse... The nurses are getting older, too. We have about a million registered nurses older than 50 years. That means a third of the workforce could retire in 10 or 15 years. Add burnout and stress to that equation, and we've got a big problem. It's true the COVID-19 pandemic makes matters worse, but like you said, the shortage was already there since the late 1990s, if not before. Laura Morris is Program Manager for Health Careers Education at the Oklahoma Department of Career and Technology Education. She's been part of the Oklahoma Healthcare Workforce Board for nearly 17 years. You're exactly right. We've been talking about workforce shortage that entire time. Um, we were, when it began in the uh, early 2000s, we were expecting a lot of a mass retirement of nurses, and then we had an economic downturn, and that changed um, the number of nurses that were going to retire and slowed everything down. At about the same time, Morris says Career Tech and its higher education partners ramped up training for licensed practical nurses, registered nurses, and other healthcare professionals. 
We do a lot of the entry-level training. Um, we train long-term care nurse aides. We train medication aides. We train advanced unlicensed assistants that work in acute care. Um, and then we also have uh, 26 training programs across the state at, in 26 districts to train licensed practical nurses. Many of those are considered stepping stones for uh, becoming a registered nurse. Registered nurses can go to either a two-year or a four-year program, and they end up with the same title, registered nurse, either, either way. A lot of people think you have to choose between career tech or college, but in healthcare, that's not the case. Many students choose both. And Oklahoma has a number of articulation programs between career tech and its higher ed partners. Career tech's nursing programs teach the foundations of nursing. And according to Morris, career tech graduates have an advantage when they enroll in higher education programs. They're very strong clinically, and that means they can hit the ground running when they get to college. Training more nurses through two- and four-year programs addresses a long-term problem. But we all know the healthcare industry needs nurses right now, and not just RNs and LPNs. I've been working with the uh, Oklahoma Nurses Association. They've had a statewide committee specifically on a staffing surge for the pandemic. And um, we've completed some of our initial work and they've come up with um, three different initiatives. Uh, the two that Career Tech's involved with would be um, training people to do other things in a hospital to help nurses, such as don and doffing uh, protective gear, um, uh, doing a lot of the, the basic uh, cleanliness, hygiene, etc. And it can, it can be spread across the entire um, gamut of healthcare professions, how we could help the nurses. So that's one area career tech's helping in. The other area they have, we, we offer through our adult training and development programs, a nurse refresher course. Um, it's actually was designed by the uh, Board of Nursing and OU College of Nursing partners with Career Tech. We have 10 campuses that offer this nurse refresher training. They do a, a short online curriculum through OU and then they come to Career Tech and we help facilitate their skills Re refresher and also help them um, set up clinical experiences. So Connie, we know we need nurses and therefore more nursing students, but how do you get potential students interested in a field that can be challenging? Well, as you know, Rob, nursing jobs can pay well and there are plenty of jobs, but nurses, a lot like teachers, they're not usually in it for the money. Laura told me nurses are called to go into nursing. It's all a passion to help. The same passion that drives a teacher to want to help a student. It's the exact same thing that makes a healthcare worker want to help patients. But what about parents? When your son or daughter comes to you and they say, I'd like to go into a healthcare field at a time when the world is experiencing such a horrible health crisis. Morris says precautions and training help mitigate the risks. 
infectious disease of any kind is not something new in healthcare. It's something that they deal with every single day. And you never know when you're going to be dealing with someone that might have an infectious disease. And that's why it's so important that we follow uh, our OSHA guidelines, um, the standards that have been set by the CDC, the uh, all the different parts of universal protection that help um, keep our workers from being infected. So regardless of whether someone has MRSA or maybe COVID, um, we treat them all exactly the same. Once we know that someone's been identified, it's typically the the very high level of nurses, um, registered nurses that have a great deal of background in intensive care that are going to be working in a day-to-day environment with those individuals. Sometimes in certain fields, you may see a young person enter that field because of their own personal experience. You know, maybe they had glasses when they were a kid and now they want to be an optometrist. How often do you see that kind of experience being the the motivator? I know my personal background. The reason I became a certified athletic trainer was because I was involved um, with a good friend of mine was in a very bad car wreck. And I was following her when it happened. And it was one of those nights that you'll never forget. And I realized that I could be calm in face of an emergency and I love sports. And so that was a great way for me to tie the two different um, areas of healthcare and sports together. Um, And I think almost everyone has some type of story. They've either been sick or um, they've they've had some kind of experience that's led them into, into a health career. For Morris, health careers run in the family. But she and her sister chose very different career paths. Laura's sister is a master's prepared nurse who first received her LPN training from Meridian Technology Center. She eventually decided to take an administrative career path. Grade-wise, growing up, we were very different students. But once she found her passion, you couldn't stop her. She, um, she loves what she does and loves helping people. Um, and I have no interest in becoming a nurse. <laughs> I'm in healthcare, but no, it just wasn't my calling. Morris says a lot of times healthcare instructors will go into teaching because of their own experiences as a technology center student. How hard can it be, right? And I think people think, oh, well, I do patient care, and that's the same thing as teaching, and it's really not. Teaching in a classroom is very, very different. It's very hard. My first-year teachers are always surprised that it's as much work as you know it is. Oh, I thought I already knew all this. I was just going to be able to stand up and talk to them. Well, it's there's more to it than just that. Um, nobody wants to be talked to for six hours a day, so <laughs> you better think of something else to do to make it interesting. So that's part of the challenge, I think, is is um, having people take whatever their past experience is and to make it helpful in their current career. 
Coming up, we'll look into some of the challenges of teaching nursing skills, especially during a pandemic. CareerTech Horizon is brought to you by CareerTech. Keep striving. Right now, you're showing up for our state, for our community, doing what you can with your skills and strength for all of us in the halls of hospitals, in neighborhoods, on the road, across the state. You train for tomorrow and for today. And all of us at Oklahoma CareerTech thank you for putting your skills into action. For Oklahoma and beyond, stay safe and keep striving. Visit us at poweredbyokcareertech.com to learn more. Welcome back. So far, we've talked about the great need for nurses and the many ways they hear their calling into the industry. And Connie, I'd imagine that after you get those prospective nurses in the door, the challenges really don't end there, especially now. No, they do not. Until a COVID vaccine is readily available to everyone, that's the new reality that schools and students are facing. But how do you teach nursing in an era of remote learning and very little, if any, face-to-face time? Blaine, you're right. That is frustrating. And it's frustrating for students, teachers, the State Department of Health. But despite the pandemic, Laura Morris told me that there's still a lot of learning going on in career tech's nursing programs. Our teachers have been working Over the summer especially, they had an opportunity to start reviewing different ways that they could reach students. Um, A number of our healthcare, the textbooks, publishers, our authors, curriculum resources, they've been trying very hard since the pandemic started to come up with resources that could simulate a um, care environment. Right now, especially those students that are doing long-term care, we've been having to do all of their clinical experience in the laboratory. So in the technology center, in their nursing lab, that's the only place they can get their hands-on experience right now. It's not just nursing programs in Oklahoma that are suffering. Morris says this is a national mandate. Until life returns to the old normal, Career Tech will focus on teaching students foundation skills. For example, nurse aid training is between 75 and 90 hours of classroom and hands-on training. So if students can't do clinical work on a particular day, teachers can just switch to another topic. We can teach anatomy and physiology or medical terminology. We could teach um, safety or communications. Or There's so many things in our curriculum that can be taught and uh, with the hope that we'll be able to eventually get into um, the nursing homes. Now, currently, um, nursing homes, if you they hire someone as an employee, then they can train them on site, and it's not an issue. But as far as anyone who's not one of their employees coming in, that's where um, the differentiation comes. Both the Board of Nursing and the State Department of Health work to make sure students learn every skill they need. And that means learning to use the skills in a lab on people. Many times the student becomes the patient. 
that's really how they want them to do the patient care. And many teachers feel like um, it, that's a great way for students to learn empathy, what it feels like to have someone feed you, what it feels like to have someone roll you in the bed so they can change your sheets. And they, many of them say that it makes for a much better uh, nurse because they know what it feels like to be a patient. Instructors use mannequins for some of the simulations, but keep in mind they're not your grandmother's mannequins. Today's mannequins can be set up to breathe, speak. You can adjust their blood pressure and their heart rate, their temperature, everything. During the simulation, the student assesses what the patient is going through and then provides the proper care. And after each one of those simulations, they have a chance to sit down with the um, instructor and debrief and talk about what they did well and what they need to work on. So it's never a one and done. There's always a learn a skill, practice a skill, check off on a skill, teach another student the skill, and so on. So it's, and then, and then actually doing the skill on real people. Now, I've seen some of those mannequins before. They're really interesting. And if you want to see what they look like or how they do what they do, we have videos of students practicing on them on our website, cthorizon.org. You know, Blaine, it is fascinating to watch everything students can learn with these medical mannequins. But just like most cutting-edge technology, I bet it doesn't come cheap. No, Rob, it does not. In fact, nothing in a healthcare classroom comes cheap. Mannequins, machines, even the beds are expensive. But sometimes a caring benefactor can make all the difference. Heather Yastanipur had her first experience with the career tech system after her arm was crushed in an industrial accident. She needed to find a new career and decided she wanted to do something related to healthcare, like some of her family members. She enrolled in Metro Technology Center's paramedic program, and that one decision changed the entire trajectory of her life. After graduation, she went to work as an EMT. She loved Metrotech, and when a teaching job opened up at the tech center, she returned to teach at the same tech center she graduated from. Now, she's head of EMS's disaster management program. Although she's no longer part of the career tech system, it's not far from her heart. I fully support uh, career techs because they train you as if you're on the job. So it's, it's not so much a, I'm going to open a textbook and just read it to you and show you some PowerPoints. I'm going to give you my experience as an instructor from career tech because I work in this field and I, I do the job that I'm trying to train you to do. EMSA runs its own paramedic training program and over the years their training and equipment needs have changed significantly. As part of our planning process, Many years ago, we purchased a lot of medical, durable medical equipment that is utilized to set up what we call alternative care sites. So we could basically set up a hospital in an in a arena or a tent or something like that. And over the years, these beds have just set in our warehouse and really have not been utilized since FEMA has come up with a lot of these pod systems that are easier to deploy than trying to haul 50 beds into a tent and do that. Um, they, can deploy, they can deploy a pod 
and it's an easy setup for a hospital. What didn't change during that time was Yazdanipur's dedication to her alma mater. I didn't want these beds to just sit there and go unused, and I know how hard it is to uh, get approval to purchase large pieces of equipment like this for educational institutions. And I thought, well, I'm a graduate of Career Tech. Career Tech is the reason I got where I am today. Uh, so why not try to offer uh, these beds to uh, an agency that I know will use them and better the healthcare system across our entire state? A warehouse full of hospital beds that weren't being used, and a statewide healthcare training network with limited funds and equipment. It was no small gift that CareerTech received from EMSA. Even a refurbished hospital bed costs between $2,500 and $5,000 per bed. When Yazdanipur called MetroTech nursing instructor Josie Scott, she offered her 50 beds. I was just like, yes, but I can't use 50. <laughs> So I uh, reached out to Laura uh, Morris over at CareerTech and said, hey, we've got this possibility. I don't have a way to store them or get them. Can CareerTech, can other schools utilize these beds as well as MetroTech? And that's kind of how we started getting it out to all of CareerTech. Morris says the donation presented a great opportunity for her nursing teachers, but more importantly for the adult career and development staff. Our ACD directors many times don't have the same access to the same quality of equipment that some of our full-time programs have. Full-time programs have a different way they set up budgets for the most part. So they always kind of get the leftovers. So this was a great opportunity for them to shoot, shoot me an email, tell me how many they needed, and we tried to work it around where everyone, I think we ended up with 16 school districts and 23 different campuses ended up with beds. Thanks to the generosity of Yastanipur and EMSA, Oklahoma's technology centers can offer more students hands-on training. Scott says the additional beds are already paying off, allowing schools to set up more laboratories to help students make real-life connections to what they've read in their textbooks. Morris agrees. That allows teachers to um, work with more students at a time and check more students off. I was taught as a PE teacher years ago to keep all kids busy all the time. <laughs> and that's the exact same philosophy we use in any classroom. You want to keep everyone busy all the time. And so it just allows more people to work and get hands-on experience instead of sitting there watching another student and having to wait your turn. I asked Scott what she enjoys most about teaching. Her answer? watching the light come on for her students. To finally say, I understand what we're learning now. I understand why this stuff is important now. That was the greatest part of the job. The extra lab time means more lights can come on for more students. And for that, EMSA's donation was much appreciated. But Morris says, in a way, CareerTech's nursing programs had kind of paid it forward early in the pandemic. I don't know if a lot of people know, but our tech centers, many of them immediately turned and gave their protective equipment, their PPE, to local hospitals that were out. And there weren't enough gloves, there weren't enough gowns, there weren't enough masks to go around. And so they took their supplies and donated them back to the hospitals. 
just like we want to help other people, it was fantastic to be helped on the other side too. So 50 beds, that as much as what, $5,000 per bed, that's like a quarter million dollars in beds. That's a very generous gift. I hadn't done the math yet, Blaine, but you're right. That generous giving spirit seems to permeate the entire healthcare industry. We see teachers who are dedicated to students, healthcare workers with a passion for helping patients, and partnerships between education entities like CareerTech and agencies like EMSA that bring it all together. Definitely doing a lot of good in the world, and we certainly need it most. Now, when we come back, we'll take a closer look at the changing face of the nursing industry and the more diverse applicants looking for a way to get in. Career Tech Horizon is brought to you by Career Tech. Keep striving. We do hands-on in the classroom before we go into the patient setting. So we have high-fidelity simulation, so that prepares them, kind of gets their foot in the door on how to do certain skills like starting IVs, putting down NG tubes, any of the things that they'll need to do in the hospital, they get to try it on a mannequin first and have our feedback, and then they get to go and do that in the clinical setting in a hospital. My favorite part about being a teacher is being able to instill the values and show good technique to my students and watch them evolve in that position. My students learn how to do all of the skill sets that would be required in the field of practical nursing. You're constantly learning, you're constantly evolving. It's very versatile. Visit us at poweredbyokcareertech.com to learn more. So Connie, ever since I started working at Career Tech, I've been amazed at just how many people I've seen, men and women, seeking jobs in a variety of fields, especially ones that may traditionally be male only or female only. Blaine, the nursing field's no different. When I was growing up, back, well, a while ago, <laughs> girls were told that they could be teachers or nurses, and men could be school principals or doctors. Thankfully, the times have changed. That they have. Healthcare jobs are no longer a man's or a woman's role. And of course, the same applies to teachers and principals. That's right, Rob. In fact, nursing is becoming a popular career choice for men. In CareerTech's nursing programs, male students now account for about 15 to 20 percent of the technology center's enrollment. Laura Morris says men make good nurses. They're often popular on hospital floors for a number of reasons. Well, really, are we talking a McDreamy situation here? Well, that's not exactly what I had in mind, but I'll let Laura answer that one. Mostly because they many times don't get flustered. Um, they don't have as much trouble moving patients, um, doing transfers and things like that. Some women, um, just due to just size and strength, may have to always have an aide with them to help move someone. Men make good nurses, but Mora says they also make good administrators. It's very common for male nurses to end up in a leadership position in the hospital environment. I don't think it has anything to do with 
them being men, except maybe they don't get as caught up in the women's stuff. The <laughs> I mean, I've worked with all men before and I've worked with all women and there's a difference. And I think, I think sometimes guys let things roll off of them a little bit easier. There's some careers that we have, EMT, um, paramedics, um, orthotics, prosthetics. There's a number of things, physical therapy. There's an, a lot of different occupations that are every bit as appropriate for a male as a female. And when I started in athletic training, that was the first year they let women work with football. So you know, same thing. It wasn't a, a women's profession. And now over half the people that are athletic trainers are women. So it, it's everything changes, you know, it's, it's whatever you want to do for real. It doesn't have to be, there's no more girls and boys. And just as there are no more girl and boy careers, as Morris said, there's also much more to healthcare than just being a nurse or being a doctor. There are more than 200 health careers to choose from which means there's something for everyone. If you don't like blood, for example, you can go into administration. Perhaps you're fascinated with um, your special senses and you want to be an audiologist. There's so many different things. It's not just nursing and being a doctor. And um, it's the cohesive team that, that actually helps helps people get the exact care they need. It really does take everyone. So what if you have the passion? What if you had a life-changing experience or you just really want to help people? How do you get where you want to go? How do you get your career started? Well, first, you need to make sure that a health career is even right for you. Morris says a good first step is to go to your local technology center. Talk to a career counselor. There are assessments and interest inventories you can take to help you narrow your career interests. Morris says that will also help you make sure it's something you want to do and not just something your parents want you to do. It's a good idea to talk to people who work in the jobs you think you're interested in and talk to other students in health careers. Maybe to do some job shadowing if there's any way. Now, right now, that is very, very difficult because uh, most healthcare in institutions don't allow people in. They don't want to take a chance of anyone being exposed. And we've got links to a bevy of resources you might want to look into should you be interested in a health career. Check out our show notes at cthorizon.org. This is episode 10, Showing You Care. There you can find classic Horizon stories about healthcare. We also have links to resources on how to find your nearest tech center and the classes they provide or how to find out which healthcare career is right for you. And Connie, thanks again for your work in reporting on what has become the big story of 2020. It certainly has. Thanks for having me. I learned a lot when I researched this story. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, typically, this is the point in each episode where I try to show some economic impact of what we've been talking about. But not today. Sure. 
nursing jobs pay well, and subsequently bring in tax and spending dollars into our local economies. But they also do so much more. In all my time reporting, there's never been a subject more deadly serious than what we now face. COVID-19 has brought into focus the stark reality of what a nursing shortage looks like. Currently, Oklahoma has about 700 nurses per 100,000 people, which is about a third less than the national average, where there's also a shortage of nurses. So while things are bad nationally, they are worse here. As we record this, we're seeing about 3,000 new COVID-19 cases a day here in the state, record hospitalizations, and a growing death count. And it's not just the sheer volume of sick patients that pushes Oklahoma's healthcare system perilously close to the breaking point. Care for COVID-19 patients is significantly more intense. It can take up to five nurses to flip a single patient to the prone position, laying them on their belly all in an effort just to help them breathe. Thankfully, our healthcare system has gotten much better in providing care and protecting those giving that care from the virus. But the hospital isn't the only place staff can be exposed. Community spread continues to force nurses to take two weeks off to quarantine or even longer to recuperate. In fact, nurses, our frontline troops in the battle against COVID-19, are more likely to catch the virus outside the hospital than within. So if you listen to today's episode wondering what you can do to help, well, it's simple. Stay home. Work remotely when you can, and when you can't, wear a mask. And when the vaccine becomes available to you, take it. Just by staying healthy and keeping others healthy, you're helping Oklahoma's nursing shortage one patient at a time. Thank you all so very much for listening today. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a good rating or review on your favorite podcasting app, or share it with a friend, maybe a friend of yours who's thinking about joining the healthcare field. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Career Tech Horizon. Tech Horizon is a production of the Oklahoma Department of Career and Technology Education and is produced by me, Blaine Singletary. And me, Rob McClendon. And me, Connie Romans. And that'll do it for our first season of Horizon. Thanks again to all of you for making this great. But we're not taking a break. Season two will be coming at you very soon. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all in the new year on your Horizon. <laughs>